In late 2007, the remains of a young woman from the Casca Nation were discovered in the Yukon woods. I always think about, I want to know what really happened. So I travel north to try to understand what happened and who was involved. It's a pretty big risk to come forward with the information that I have. I'm David Ridgen, and this is Someone Knows Something, Season 8, The Angel Carlet Case. Available now. This is a CBC Podcast. Gender identity can be a very emotional issue, especially in the context of children. And as we move forward developing and implementing these policies into law, I hope we can depoliticize the issue as much as possible and focus on the well-being of the children involved. This week, the Premier of Alberta, Danielle Smith, unveiled sweeping new policies on how transgender youth will be treated in schools and in doctor's offices. LGBTQ advocates have called the new rules an attack on trans and queer Canadians. Some organizations are threatening legal action should this plan go forward, but other groups have been calling for this kind of change. John Hilton O'Brien is behind one of those groups. He's executive director of Parents for Choice in Education. He is in Strathmore, Alberta. Good morning. Good morning, Matt. Nice to be here. Good to have you here. What do you make of Premier Daniel Smith's slate of policies aimed at, in particular, transgender youth? Well, like most things that Premier Smith does, she's trying to come to a middle point. So she's going to make everybody unhappy. Including you? Only slightly. These, these there are, are things she's not doing that we would like her to do. Mm, well, these, these are, they've been described as the most aggressive package of proposals in this country limiting transgender rights. And you've said that that in some ways they didn't go as, as far as you'd liked. What else would you have liked to seen from her? Well, there's some concerns that we have about uh, how clubs work in schools, and we're not sure how that's going to work. Well, what what specifically when it comes to clubs and schools? We have uh, mandatory gay-straight alliances in Alberta schools. If a single student requests one, administration must provide. However, most of our uh, school boards also have a secrecy policy about them. And this means that we hear uh, stories, well, we see affidavits about sexual education being offered in student clubs. Parents are not informed. And this is actually an end run around our legislation that says parents must be informed if you're going to do sex education with their kids. So parents are concerned and we would have liked something to address that and set some boundaries. And boundaries in terms of those clubs? I mean, would you like to see the clubs not in place in those schools? Or As long as parents are informed and consent, we don't have any stake in what they say their children should receive for an education. According to the UN Declaration on Human Rights, parents have a prior right to decide the form of education offered to their kids, and nobody, including us, can stand in the way of that. Part of this proposal is that parents will have to opt students in to every lesson about sex education, sexual orientation, or gender identity. Not that they can opt out, but that the students have to opt in. What are you afraid of in terms of what students would be learning? Part of what she's doing is just trying to be consistent here. Imagine that you're a student at law... Uh, in a university, and you're going to teach about sexual consent to teenagers. That sexual consent means that if she does not actively say yes, you do not have consent. You cannot say she didn't say no. And then you go to the school and you find out that the way that they asked 
for parental consent for you to do sex education with their student is that they did it on an opt-out and they come to you and they say, well, the parents didn't say no. So sorry, you, you see this as a similarity. You see this as, as the same as, as matters of sexual consent? Yes. Sexual consent is part of sex education. It's an integral part. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. What I'm saying is that it would be hypocritical of us to do sex education, including sexual consent, while not asking for the same level of consent that we're trying to teach about. What do you, if I go back to that question, though, what are you afraid that kids would learn if, if, if they are in these classes? Part of the concern here is that being exposed to sexual materials too early does in fact have a, a damaging effect on children, similar to what we would expect from children who undergo sexual abuse. This is very well documented in the literature in psychology and, and in, in what? Books. Sorry, sorry. In, in, in what literature or psychology to suggest that 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 if you, learning about sex ed is the same as child abuse? If you read the journals in social work and psychology, you will find numerous articles pointing out that being introduced to sexualized materials too young is dangerous for children. Which, which, ju- which journals that, are you talking about? Um, I can send you some articles if you like, but I'm talking actual journals, not preprints. And that's what you were afraid of, that, that, that there would be some sort of form of abuse if children were to learn about sexual identity, gender identity, or, 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 or sex ed. That's part of the concern. Now, going beyond that, we've had other things. We found a pediatric gender identity clinic in Alberta, for instance, saying that it would be happy to accept referrals from schools without parents being informed. Let me ask you just finally about, about the children that are at the center of this. The Canadian Medical Association Journal has found that transgender youth are five times more likely to think of suicide and nearly eight times more likely to attempt suicide than other children. What do you think of when, when you think of those children? Well, what's happening is that those kids are still likely to experience suicidal thoughts when we try to talk about it in the classroom. Teachers are not trained to be psychologists. They're not trained to be social workers either. They do not have the schools to address deep psychological issues. So what we're doing is asking unqualified people to do psychotherapy with children. And that is a very dangerous place to be. Are you concerned children, that, 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 that the, these policies that are put forward could do more harm to these vulnerable children, children who are already in a very vulnerable state? No. In fact, what's happening is that children do not have a right to privacy from their parents for agents of the state like teachers to exercise against the parents. What Danielle Smith is doing is she is actually protecting those children's rights because you cannot separate the rights of the children from the rights of the parents. You've said that you want the rights of the parents to be absolute. Do children have any rights within that framework? They have rights in the same way that you have a right to freedom of the press. Nonetheless, CBC gets to instruct you, and it is they who defend your right to freedom of the press from the government. The children have no rights if the parents do not have their rights. John Hilton O'Brien, we'll leave it there. I'm glad to talk to you. Thank you very much.
Thank you very much, Matt. John Hilton O'Brien is Executive Director of Parents for Choice in Education. He was in Strathmore, Alberta. The drama. They're having to be separated. They've both been shown the red card. The entertainment. And the superstar. Oh, no, yes. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. I'm Mark Chapman, and every week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. They have this dynamism and this quality that they can play anywhere. They need to prove themselves in scoring more and more and more goals. I think if they don't win the title this year, the season is a failure in the league. Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Akira Hesline is a transgender teen. Her mother is Keiko Driedrich Hesline. They're both in Calgary and on the line with us now. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Akira, let me just briefly first ask you how you're responding to this announcement by the Premier, Daniel Smith. Um, what do you mean? Just in terms of what, what, spe- what she's proposing. She says that, that she's put forth this slate of policies, she wants them to be law, that she says will protect transgender youth um well i worry that it's going to do a lot more harm than good to a lot of transgender kids um because i do know a lot of transgender kids who aren't out to their families and i think that especially a lot of this stuff can be really harmful to take away those supports from those children I'll ask you more about that in a moment, Keiko, from a parental perspective. And again, a lot of this is being framed, as we just heard, as as an issue of parental rights. What's your reaction to to what's been proposed? It's a violation of of both the children's rights to access appropriate medical treatment and of my rights as a parent to help my child access appropriate medical treatment. What are you most concerned about here? I'm most concerned about um, the hormone therapy and particularly puberty blockers being restricted to kids um, under the age of 16. That's that's far too late for children to access blockers if they need them. The, med- the mental distress um, that it's going to cause trans kids and possible suicide really concerns me. Yeah. Akira, I mentioned those statistics and, and the fact that transgender youth are, are much higher statistically to think of suicide, to attempt suicide than other kids within that age cohort. A lot of this is about support. How much support have you had in, in your life at home and at school over the course of your transition? Um, well, I've been very lucky that I've actually had a lot of support. Um, obviously, my mom is here. I've had very supportive parents. And thanks to schools, I've had an incredibly supportive school environment of teachers using my pronouns and um, reaching out to me and I can reach out to them and talk about this. And uh, I just think that I have had, I've been very lucky in the fact that I've had a very supportive experience. What do you worry about when it comes to other young people who perhaps wouldn't have that sort of support? Um, Well... Obviously, like you mentioned, there's the statistics there, and I just worry that with all of the restrictions put in place, it's just going to drive those numbers up with gender dysphoria and these students not having a safe space to be themselves. I mean, it... it, it, it f- that safe space is so important for a number of different reasons. What did it give you, that safe space? 
Um, well, that safe space, at least for me, gave me a really amazing place to connect with other people like me um, and talk through our shared experience. And also it just gave me the space to really explore my identity and who I want to be as a transgender woman. And in the absence of that safe space, when it comes to, because a lot of this is being framed as the parents know best in some ways, what will happen to those young people, do you think? Um, well, I think that I personally know a lot of students who are transgender and not out to their family for fear of um, their family not accepting them. And I think that those students being outed to their parents would put them in a lot of really dangerous situations, which could be, it could lead to them getting kicked out. It could just lead to a really unsafe space at home. And obviously that's not what we want for the kids either, right? Sometimes... Sometimes letting the parents know, not letting the parents know, is the safest thing to do for the kid. Keiko, that comes back to that idea of parental rights. Again, how this is being framed by some people. What, what do you think of that, that concept that you can't separate the rights of children from the rights of their parents? I actually think children have their own set of rights, just the way adults do, and that parents have a responsibility to protect the rights of their children um, to become who they're going to be. Um, that means the rights of their children to access knowledge, to learn about the different kinds of people that are, that are out in the world. This goes back to the whole thing of sex education. Children have the right to know how biological reproduction works. They have the right to know that people have different sexual orientations. They have the right to know that people have different gender identities. And they have the right to know that as soon as um, it can be presented to them in a conceptually appropriate way. So to restrict um, that right by saying the parents get to decide. I, I don't agree with that. Akira, let me end with you and just what your message would be to the politicians who are putting these these proposals forward, but to the to the parents who might support them in Alberta and beyond. Um, I think to the parents, I would want to say that I get wanting to protect their children. I get really wanting to keep your children close and safe. But I think that ultimately, if you think that your child is hiding something from you like this and you're worried about them, the government, I don't think, is the best way to go about this. I think that it might be important to start fostering open communication and creating a safer space so that these children do think it's worth talking to you and... I think that simply forcing them out of the closet via government regulations isn't going to kind of foster the kind of conversations that they want to have. Akira, thank you very much. Of course. And Keiko, thank you. You're welcome. Akira Heslein is a transgender teen. Keiko Dreiser Heslein is her mom. And they were both in Calgary. Christopher Wells is an associate professor in the Department of Child and Youth Care at McEwen University in Edmonton, also Canada Research Chair for the Public Understanding of Sexual and Gender Minority Youth. Christopher, good morning to you. Good morning, Matt. You said that these proposals, the policies put forth by the Premier of Alberta, are immoral, illegal, and punitive. What are you most concerned about? 
Yes, uh, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, they they violate human rights. They're they're patently discriminatory on the grounds of gender identity, uh, gender expression, and uh, sexual orientation. Where the, the state now is uh, in, in intruding into the the various uh, the very bodies of uh, our young people through trying to restrict access to medical uh, care and um, the school environment as well. Can we talk about that medical care in particular? The government says it wants to ban minors 17 and under from having what's known as top and bottom surgeries. You said this is a policy solution to a problem that doesn't exist. What do you mean by that? Well, first of all, uh, no uh, person under uh, 18 years of age can have bottom surgery. It just uh, doesn't happen at all. So uh, you can see where um, the fiction behind uh, these uh, policies actually uh, exists. There, there currently, you know, isn't a problem. Uh, there's a long wait list, in fact, to uh, be able to access these uh, specialists uh, all across Canada, not just uh, in Alberta. So if that's the case, it, what, what do you think is behind this? What is this really about, do you think? Well, I think uh, this is uh, a part of a far-right conservative agenda uh, that we see taking root uh, all over the world. Uh, the, the goal here is not just to uh, silence uh, LGBTQ people, but to erase them from public society. Uh, it's about uh, controlling uh, minds. It's about controlling, you know, uh, bodies. And it's about restricting access to some of uh, the most vital supports that um, uh, not only help these young people uh, thrive, but to survive. What do you make of the fact that in introducing this, the premier said, and these are her words, for people who identify as transgender, I care deeply about you, about your happiness and your well-being. I think disingenuous at best. Government should be creating policies that help young people, not uh, hurt them. Danielle Smith is a, is a media personality. She's a masterful communication. She can spin fiction into what appears to be fact. But the moment you ask uh, for any shred of evidence, like you did with your previous caller, um, they're unable to produce it because there is no evidence that uh, supports uh, these policy changes. In fact, it uh, shows how damaging it will potentially be. She has said that she's confident that her policies strike the right balance, that Albertans don't want children to make, in her words, premature decisions. There, there, there is a constituency of people, presumably, who support what she has put forth, not just the person that we spoke with earlier, but more broadly than that. And I just wonder what you say to the people who feel that she's not out of line, that they think that she's doing the right thing here. Uh, you, you know, Matt, uh, as you said, they, they try to frame this as uh, so-called uh, parental rights. You know, um, you know, the real message that parents need to be focusing in on is, you know, love your child for who they are, uh, because if you don't, you're going to lose them. They're gonna they're gonna have run away from home. They're gonna have an estranged relationship with you for the rest of their life, or they're gonna take their own life. You know, in in cases uh, where parental rights conflict with children's rights, we always need to put children first. We always need to be looking after their best interests, and that's not the job of the government. That's the job of families. How do you expect to play this this to play out? Just we're just about out of time, but how do you expect this to play out in Alberta in 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 the weeks ahead? 
Well, I think Danielle Smith and the UCP are trying to turn uh, Alberta into Alabama, and they're not stopping by targeting the LGBTQ plus community. Um, this isn't about, uh, you know, a, a democracy, but uh, a theocracy that is based in more morality and ideology rather than, uh, you know, fundamental respect for human rights. Christopher Wells, we'll leave it there. I'm glad to have you as part of this conversation. Thank you. Thanks so much, Matt. Christopher Wells is an associate professor in the Department of Child and Youth Care at McEwen University, also Canada Research Chair for the Public Understanding of Sexual and Gender Minority Youth. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.